And here we are in the show Hello. that comes after the show. So what do you think, man? It's a I found moment. my 500th geocache today. 500? Yes. Cool. If that were a Pokemon, that would be, like, impressive to people. <laughs> we talked a little bit about know, this. I know. <laughs> I've been having fun with people. Yeah. So, like, at work, right? Yeah. You know, I work with a bunch of nerds, right? And mm-hmm. I'm a nerd, too. I'm just not the kind of, I don't, just don't have the level of nerdism that these people have. You know, they're... <laughs> like... Outside at lunch, like there was like eight of them standing on the corner, all looking at their phones, like pointing around and and going for and like they walked down to Lucy's for a bon me and you know got like six Pokemon on the way. Like that's that's too dense. That's too many Pokemon. No, no, no. That's see. That's the thing is that that's the perfect amount, right? Because mm. that means they're they're constantly getting oh the, the the Pavlov yeah ding 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 right. ding. Yeah, I get it. So I, you know, geocaching is is very very similar. Yeah, right. You use your GPS and your app to find things. The big difference is you're finding real things that are hidden in the landscape as opposed to virtual things that are augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Um, geocaches also have to be approved and placed in legal spaces like instead of like you know a right. Pokemon showing up in someone's front yard and mm-hmm. you have to trespass to get to it. So, you you know. can't battle your geocaches against one another. <laughs> well no you can't do that part either. There's all you know so I asked you the other day like two questions. How much bigger can Pokemon Go get? Mm-hmm. And how long is this going to last? Right. Because you obviously it's a fad. Yes. But it's it's a parabolic rise or is it's exponential. Exponential rise, yeah. that's all. Yeah. It, it's insane because I thought it was big three days ago and it's like ten times bigger today. So here is here are my answers. And you can check me on this in, in, in a couple months because I think this will I think this will pan out based on what I understand. And if it won't, then then great. I'll have more information with which to make other decisions. However, the way I see this working is it's a fad. It'll quickly lose steam. Uh, people but, will get tired of walking around holding their phones up everywhere. Yeah, people will. If Google Glass had caught on. <laughs> Could you imagine Pokemon Go with Google Glass? People would quit their jobs. No, they would. Well, I mean, some would. But but see, here... Okay. So I mean, that is kind of the, the VR orgasm Let me finish my Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I see this as a two, three-month thing. It's somewhere in that range before it just it completely drops off in terms of people who are using it. There's going to be some stalwarts, right? People will still, still do it. But it will drop off. I mean, it's too popular. Things that get this popular this quickly, uh, they they face one of two things. They face, first of all, overexposure, and they face backlash. So that's going to happen in, in, in both cases. Uh, and the fact that it's... I mean, it, I've played with it. It's not that fun. And so that, that'll happen, too. <laughs> So, I mean, they'll change it. They'll make it more fun, but it will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing is, though, I I, I I look at it and I say, okay, when I when you asked me, which was uh, yesterday, actually, uh, so I said it peaked two weeks from now. This one will peak in popularity and then it will start dropping probably, probably relatively significantly fast at that point. 
Uh, part of the problem is the sort of similar situation to, uh, I mean, young people are using it, and then now everyone's using it. And so there's going to be that backlash of the young people are going to say, well, my parents are doing Pokemon Go. What the, why do I care? Well, uh, it's really... I mean, if you're pick, going to pick something out of culture yeah. to do augmented reality with... I mean, Pokemon's great because you're always hunting for Pokemon before, mm-hmm. you know, in card games or whatever. But if you look at the demographics of people who grew up with Pokemon... You know, they're all dead center millennials, you know. It's a yes. really good demographic. Yes, to- sure. But at the same time, I mean, the reason why I think it, it, it's it's going to fade quickly is because once the novelty wears off, and right now it's the novelty of having this... of Because if, if it didn't have that, like, uh, that VR, that, that uh, augmented, reality. augmented reality thing... Then it wouldn't have taken off at all. It, there, there's part of the thing of searching for it and finding it behind something. Yeah. I mean, but there's been other things. Yes, like but this. but there's been nothing that that's and there's been there has been other things like this, and this is the one that took yeah. off. I mean, it, because there like, was there was things yeah. I can't remember the name of, but there was a thing like geocaching, but right. instead of finding real things, you were finding yeah. augmented reality, virtual things. Right. So, but for some reason. People were, you know, because they're cute anime characters. That's probably a big part of it. This, this is, I think, one of those things you can't plan for. It, oh, it, it's just, just Angry Birds. I mean, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's like you said. There have been other things just like it, or extraordinarily similar to it, and this is just sort of the the one that broke through, as opposed to it broke through because it was the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- this is kind of the EverQuest, and here's the thing: is there will be a World of Warcraft at some point of this, and it's not this one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, Absolutely. so yeah, keep that in mind. But the stories are great, you know, like people trespassing, yeah. people falling off cliffs, people getting hit by hit by cars, or people you know. driving, and, and well, the, you know, I just like, well, that's what happens when you encourage the nerds to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they were inside and happy, yeah. and now you're encouraging all the nerds to go outside, and they're mm-hmm. going to die. I mean, the thing you also have to realize Do you want is, to drink this? Um, I think I'm good, actually. Okay. I'll leave it sealed then. Uh, I mean, the other thing you have to realize is, is, I talked about this a little bit when I was talking with you about it, they're using this, the casino-slash-video game things of, you know, scoreboard... And cool sound effects and blah, 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 and all the stuff to, to, that that makes the human brain because the human brain evolved in the savanna and it doesn't uh, it hasn't quite caught up to technology yet uh, and so and do 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 and that all all that stuff and all the flashing lights and stuff and that gives you reward uh, chemicals mm-hmm. and so yeah you keep going with it for a while uh, and you, you were mentioning that it's just geocaching I was saying well yeah <laughs> but um, and you were saying like as you said, you, you when you told me you said you were eight hundred, you were eight away from your five hundred. Fine, that sounds like a scoreboard. And I said, yeah, it is, but only to you and like five thousand other people tops. <laughs> uh, and I still think this is valid. The the um, the explanation I, or the the metaphor I used was uh, Pokemon Go is the eighties craft beer of geocaching. Did you? Right. Yeah, did you like that at all? I mean, it's a fad that will go away, 
because I think that it needs to grow organically for it to be for it to really gain traction. Uh, Seven point four. I mean, I think your point. Uh, I think your point of this just shows there's a hunger for augmented reality, mm-hmm. some good augmented reality, and that's going to be the World of Warcraft right. of augmented reality. Yeah, and what's it going to be? Who knows? I, I think a heads-up display is important. You know, you need to get the Google Glass back. I don't know. I mean, people are so used to having their phones around that using it as a view viewer is not that uh, is not foreign to people. And so, while I, I agree that Google Glass gives you a better sort of thing, this is still using your phone around, taking pictures, whatever, holding it up. It's not foreign, and it, it does, and, and it doesn't feel socially awkward to do it. So, it's kind of a perfect way to integrate that sort of augmented reality into what's around you. I guess. I think if you know Google was able to reboot Google Glass now that Pokemon Go is a fad, people would buy Go glasses just for the Some Pokemon people. Go. I mean, Google Glass had other issues. I, I, sh- I never used it, so I don't know what yeah. it looked or did not look like, right? But imagining it, uh, a decent heads-up display, you know, and if Pokemon doesn't fizzle too quickly, I think that would be a, a motivator for a heads-up display. I, I, I think that the at least the idea behind it, I mean... The pro- one of the major problems with, with, with Google Glass is it came out too soon and it looked too douchey to have to wear this mm-hmm. like thing. I think it would be interesting if it was if it was actually integrated into glasses. You might see more people wearing glasses because you had right. that sort of integrated display and instead stuff. of a frame with no lenses. Right. Yeah. And I think I think you might see something along those lines where eventually everybody's wearing glasses of some sort. Because uh, you can then take them off, right? It's not like they're in your eyes. You can take them off at some point, but you also have that thing. And then, and then there'll be like there'll be situations where they tell you you can't wear glasses <laughs> in this in this production, or, or who knows? I mean, there's lots of issues to go by, but I think that the I think that ultimately, uh, I don't know. This this is futurist part of me thinking, but I I think that some sort of you know, glasses are accepted in society, so bring bring it that way, and not this this thing that looked really weird or this yeah. visor thing. My my I mean, point of view was, you know, the things that motivate the revolutionary technology changes are seldom technical on their merit. You know, it's either porn or games. You know, those kinds of things, and that's why that's or kind war. of the well, right. But I mean, I'm more the consumer angle of it. And sure, war influences that too, but... War influences lots I mean, of consumers, believe me. <laughs> DVD, porn. HD, porn. You know, it's time for games to win one. And, uh, well, and porn, porn might win the VR game too. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it probably uh, is. <laughs> probably will. You know, they never really found a way to integrate 3D in porn, but they have found a way to integrate VR in porn. So, mm-hmm. so VR is going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> Teledildonics. Uh, it's... But all the stuff, like, you know, CDs come from... Come from the idea of 
large organizations and governments trying to store more information in a more efficient way. And then that bleeds down into the consumer sector. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, war is, is kind of... I mean, it, it's a... It is... Well, I think the hunger... I mean, I hear what you're saying about CDs. I would have to fact check you to know any better. But, I mean, today, the private industry has such a hunger for data that, mm-hmm. you know, increasing densities of data storage is not the military industrial machine demanding it it's business demanding more well, storage let me put it this way the 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 key idea behind evolution right is that uh things make more of themselves that can survive it's kind of a troubling revelation but it is a revelation nonetheless uh, and it leads to uh, a war, a, 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 a war of resources. It's a, it's a troubling factor to think that the key behind innovation is conflict between uh, nations. But it does tend to lead to major technical revolutions that then yeah. lead down into the consumer society. Oh, absolutely. I mean, space race. World War II. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those were huge for technological advancement of the human race. If I mean, the amount of nuclear physics, we, the amount of, of nuclear physics we started to understand based on trying to figure out how to do the atomic bomb led to an amazing amount of things. M- more things than, than you probably realize. Well, arms races provide funding for research. Yep. More funding than you'll get, like, in and almost anything else. They provide funding, based. and they also provide a, a limitless... Uh, they they make ethics concerns go away. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too. I was thinking more of, like, research... Funding for research, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> completely... <laughs> completely... Um, what's the word? Academic research never will have the funding level that you know government based especially arms race based research Mm -hmm. is going to get Mm -hmm. and I'm saying arms race because the space race was an arms race was ultimately an arms race for sure that's what it was about I mean it was about exploiting a new frontier essentially Uh, a frontier that was pointless for exploration totally pointless for exploration at least from at, at the point where we were well you had to get your flag planted first or at least get there and say no yeah. flags yeah you know if, if another nation if russia got somewhere first and planted their flag instead of america getting there and saying no flags on the moon or i mean they have flags but no property ownership on the moon right you know it could be a very different thing Right, and, and, and you know, and, and at several levels, it was also a dick waving contest, and 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 that has to be appreciated too. But you know, the point is that this is the conflict is a driver, mm-hmm. uh, and you can simulate conflict in terms of market pressure only so much because you're still you, there's still a, a sovereignty over over it all, saying okay, well, yeah, but we're still not letting you like really fight. Well, there's and, still, I mean, so yeah, an arms race breaks the economic model, right? It doesn't matter how much of a loser it is, right. money-wise, because you get a strategic advantage. Mm-hmm. It's 
see, I'm, I'm now I got to rethink how I just phrased that because, I mean, you could definitely think that there'd be room in business for losing money to gain a strategic advantage. Well, there is, but like I said, I mean, the thing about the the thing is that all the businesses, I guess, but you don't have your own treasury, so right, and and they all, yeah, they're all bound by a certain sovereignty. And so there are things they can't do. Whereas when you go to war with other sovereigns, then you're not bound. There's no ultimate sovereign over that. You can agree to terms like Geneva mm-hmm. Conventions and stuff, but uh, those are sort of rules that are made to be broken. And uh, and then you find out who wins, and, and the one that wins sort of takes over. Uh, and it's, it's a disturbing, but relevant piece of information that everyone should know which is that yeah innovation progress it all comes on the backs of conflict at least in the world that we under as we understand it so that's why that's why you want government to encourage markets and encourage as much conflict as possible in spaces where it's valid mm-hmm. and but you don't want people dying so you have some sort of try to get some sort of overall sovereignty to not have there be a major conflict. That's a that is a very broad and a very uh, a very poor explanation of international relations, mm-hmm. but it's enough to, to get by for the basics. It's enough to Dunning-Kruger yourself. You should, uh, you should tell it to Boris Johnson since he's the UK's chief chief diplomat. You know, I Boris Johnson like anybody else is is a person who, you know, says a lot of crazy shit and probably in his private time knows a lot of what he says is stupid. Uh but um I I don't know. I I I don't know. It's like I I I kind of feel the same way about Trump. It's like I yeah. I don't think when he did that that uh, clearly anti-Semitic tweet, the the one with the the uh, the star of David and Hillary Clinton and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, it's a sheriff star." <laughs> yeah. I there's there's no I, I have extraordinary little doubt that Donald Trump is not a race. I do not think Donald Trump is racist at all. I, I don't think that's what thing he fucking cares about at all. However, I do think that he. Let's people on his staff be however racist they want to be, because he, not it's not that he because he doesn't care about it any at all, uh, so he'll just let people dog whistle all they can to, to the voters. So, yeah, th- like Donald Trump, to me, I I do not think Donald Trump cares a lick whether a person is Jewish or not. I do think there are people who are in the campaign who care and who are voting for Trump who care and that's what scares me more yeah. right well it's uh, oh my god every day that passes it seems more and more likely that Trump can actually pull this shit out and as I've said before it won't be the end of the world I mean you know when Brexit happened, for example, it was the end of the world for Britain, and then it's like, oh, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll survive. And if Donald Trump happens, it's the end of the world for a few days, and then, all right, we'll survive. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it through. Everyone thinks it's going to be the end of the world always, and it never is. So, uh, it, 
the expectation is based on the model that we have, things will continue to work roughly the same way. And uh, if it doesn't, well, then we change our model, right? <laughs> but for now, the model seems to point to it's not going to destroy things. It's not going to turn into The Walking Dead where, you know, the, the zombies are Trump voters or something like that, which is, I think, what there's some people who have that in their mind is, is, mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. And, uh, no. Yeah, I'm not so worried about zombies. I don't know what I'm worried about. It just... It's an existential worry. I understand. I understand, but we're better than this. You know, that's the well, right? That that's what I mean. Whenever that's what the British felt. Whenever they looked at Americans, they were like, "Those Americans!" How, like, remember the the when when we elected George Bush second time, and one of the things on, on the British papers: "How could fifty three million people be this stupid?" Or this dumb? Mm-hmm. And uh, guess what? You, you yeah, Brexited. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, people uh, people can be swayed by very simple and dumb arguments because we are not rational beings. We like to think we are. We like to posit we are. I like to when I try to analyze the world. I like to do it in a very methodical way. I don't always do it in a very methodical way. Uh, I'm not capable of doing it in a completely methodical way. But I like to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, that all that, that everything that drives what I do is methodical. No, that's only my analysis of the world, not how I actually behave, which is a whole bunch of other factors that I can't even account for. And that yeah, that's it, true it, with everybody. Being human is hard. Being a skeptical human... All the time is very hard. Very, very, very hard, and probably impossible. Um, but uh, it's something to strive for. But that means, like, yeah, you have to do things that that hurt in a way. I I I read conservative papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it hurts. <laughs> to read that stuff when I it hurts for me to go to fucking Breitbart.com and, and, and read a couple columns because I think god these people are stupid but I have to I feel like it's necessary for me to get information from the, I, to go to Infowars and see what they're talking about to go to the, the the Christian website and see what they're saying and it's not that I think there's something there it's that I think I'm missing something. I know I'm missing something. I know there's information that I lack. Tomorrow. Where can I find it? Tomorrow in the morning on your way to work. Turn on 1320 AM. 1320. All right. It's what I get to listen to every once in a while when one of my carpool mates is driving. I I told you before, I still can't tell whether he puts it on to counter my liberal radio or he puts it on because... Oh, it's political talk radio. Jeff might like this. Well, <laughs> I can't figure out which it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say uh, what you could do is you could you could thank him and say it's good to hear the other side sometimes. That puts him on the defensive because then he's thinking he's if if he is thinking oh it's political talk radio Jeff likes it then it's great. If he's thinking well all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna conservative hit this guy you just say look. 
it's good to hear the other side because I want to get as informed as possible. And then he was like, well, that didn't work. It didn't... <laughs> It didn't conservatize him. Oh my. Listen to 1320. It is bat shit crazy. I, I have listened to some talk. Sometimes I do that. I, I turn into the Christian or, or the uh, or the talk or, or the conservative talk radio, and it is it, it definitely interesting. The, the, what bugs me though is the ads because the ads there's like 15 minutes uh, of ads. Yeah, gotta, yeah. That's it. But, oh, it's so pandering to exactly what the mm-hmm. people want mm-hmm. to hear. Oh well, I mean, so is the Bernie Sanders shit. That's just as much pandering. Well, okay, so... It's just not, like, blatant racism. So I remember back in the day when I was still more conservative... Blatant classism. When I was still more conservative, and when, you know, I I carpooled with a more liberal guy, he he introduced me to NPR, right? And for me, it was like hearing this liberal propaganda stuff at the time. And I'm trying to make sure my current lens isn't skewing my old lens. But, I mean, not everything they cover is towing the party line, right? There's they No, for an example, like the New York Times and the Washington Post are two papers that I read daily. Uh, and both of them were probably papers that, uh, that, ever, that everyone will accuse of having a very liberal slant. Both of them were very harsh on Hillary Clinton for the email things and uh, very harsh on Ruth Bader... Ginsburg for her comments on Trump. They're saying this is not what you should do, both in, in the reporting and the editorial. Uh, and because they have a point of view that's not liberal, the point of view is, I mean, it, maybe it, it, it's liberal in the sense that, as Stephen Colbert once said, uh, reality has a liberal bias. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. actually. <laughs> but um, it, 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 it's liberal in the sense that they have their ideals and they're sticking to them, and that includes that includes saying negative things about uh, a, a person when they do something that's wrong. Uh, and I, you know, I, I agree that Ruth Bader Ginsburg should not have said what she said. I agree that Hillary Clinton's email thing is is a fucking albatross that uh, seriously hurts her. Like, I don't know. Like, she she has this now reputation for being a liar. I don't know the situations where she's really lied a lot other than this sort of email thing. Uh, and See, my, my biggest problem with Hillary is not so much the email thing. It's the anytime I hear her giving a speech, she sounds condescending. Well, yeah, what are you going to do about that? I don't know. Teach her not to sound condescending? Yeah, teach her to change her, vo- her vocal modulation. I don't know. It just... Well, I mean, we're, people like, have lost the presidency on yeah, much less. Yes, Jesus. they have. Here's here's the thing, though. Like, people don't respect this enough. Which is, I think Obama's been a fantastic president. I mean, I don't think he's done everything I wanted him to do by any means, but he's been mature. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, he's, he's he's acted as as somebody who has the the, the power he has and has been uh, he hasn't done everything right. But he has always been. He, he, he gives this impression of dignity, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't feel either of the candidates right now would would do. Um, I. It's, it's funny because there's going to be, whatever, situation comes up is going to be the miss me yet Obama. Uh, <laughs> Um, 
mm-hmm. bumper sticker, just like they were the Miss Me Yet for the George Bush one. Right. But um, you know, some people who, who complain that Obama's been a bad president, I, I don't know how you can say that, because he's, he's, he fixed the economy for the most part. He didn't fix it good enough. He, he didn't fix it good enough because right now there is... There, right now white people are suffering some, as opposed to only the minority is suffering some. Now the suffering is shared among the minorities and the white people. And that's bad. Uh, and it is bad. I mean, I don't want suffering, but it's good in the sense that this... that that it That's why I, you know... I, I think the the social safety net should be stronger. I think that there should be a, a guaranteed income uh, as opposed to welfare. I think that would be a better option. I don't think there's a perfect solution to any of this. So there was a um, a podcast. We got to talk on. about Mr. Robot, so we can't yeah. go crazy. So there was a podcast. It was a while ago. I, I, I wanted to talk to this, talk to you about this, but I, I completely forgot about it. About a, a guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. So when we had an argument about it, your argument was there's enough money there to make it happen. I'm like, no, there's not enough money there to happen. This is a pipe dream. The guys at Freakonomics they went through the numbers, and it's much. It sounds like I'm more convinced that it's closer to your point of view. You weren't completely right, but it's closer than my old point of view. So, yeah, I guarantee income might have some some legs. Keep, keep in mind that the monetary supply is controlled by the government. It's not Bitcoin, right? It's not given out in, in stages. It, it, you can control it. You can increase it. And keep also in mind that what happens when you spread a lot of money around is that that money is going to get spent. Mm -hmm. And that means when money gets spent, money grows. Monetary value grows. The economies are measured by how much activity there is. When you spread a lot of money around, you you get a lot of people spending money, you have a lot of activity. Uh, the amount of money that will be made from simply giving money away on large scales or giving a, 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 an in, a, a guaranteed income means that you will get more economic activity. You're giving energy around. That energy is going to be dissipated. Yeah, there are going to be some people who, who hoard it. And there are going to be some people who use it wrong. Absolutely. It's not a panacea. But what it does do is it means you're throwing energy into the system and energy is going to be distributed in a whole bunch of ways and it's going to create more energy. Sure. It's, it's math. As those Freakonomics guys would say, it's just math. And you're applying it to people and you're thinking of people as total pieces of randomness and they're not. People are predictable in large scales. One person, mm-hmm. unpredictable. A thousand people, a right. hundred thousand people, predictable. Yeah. I mean, I'm still... So, I mean, they made the numbers seem to make sense. And then now I still have the philosophical argument, right? Like, I'm... Like, like when Dave was sitting here, we had a huge argument. It was a great argument. It yeah. was not a fight, but an argument. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, you know, I... 
Part of me is like a debate oh. almost. Well, not the best, not a, not a like, not a. It wasn't not a, a structured debate. It was an argument. It was, yeah, yeah. It was not a fight. It was an argument. Mm-hmm. And you know, so much of my upbringing is you know hard days work. You know, you you right. get what you earn type thing. And so that that's the big stumbling block for me because of the way, you know, the way I was raised. I don't know. I'm not. I wasn't prepared to get into this whole thing. I just wanted to mention to you that I heard some very compelling information that you know brings me closer to your point of view. Mm-hmm. I, and and I I think that the information out there is compelling. And that's the reason why I have that view. I'd be willing to, to listen to anybody, and I'm willing to listen to anybody who you know has a other opinion. Um, and and someone who has enough, enough data to back up that it won't work, I would be willing to listen to that too. But I the data says that conservative economics does not work. You look at Kansas. You look at uh, the places that are doing these major like. Okay, so I heard a thing on Pennsylvania today. Drop the tax on the rich and, and, and all the other stuff. Pennsylvania has this huge all. budget impasse, right? That That's not making any progress. And we're on this like kind of incidental budget thing. But like, so they have this, you know, th- bill that was going through the, the assembly. And the conservatives tacked on this charter school thing that didn't give the school districts any ability to sort of like much much less ability to certify charter schools and like the rate of adoption of charter schools and things like that and you know the conservative uh mantra is you know lower taxes it creates more economic movement and you make your money back right mm-hmm. and so they're trying to do the same thing with charter schools like Okay, so you have the property tax, but the schools have to give per student um, amount to the charter schools for enrollment, but you don't have any... They want to take all the governors off moving to the charter schools and then also shutting down bad charter schools and things like that. And, like, how does... That doesn't follow the same argument of the take the governor like lower the taxes make money easier to move it's 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 just i mean it's, it's kind of a misguided uh, interpretation of of conservatism right there's also the reality that in any in any system there's going to be energy sinks schools are one are one of those there's, it's a money sink money goes there to die and and there you can't make schools make money uh, because that kind of destroys the whole purpose of schools. Uh, you, I mean, you can on on it in, seems in extreme like ends, seem, but you can't. It do seems that like to a me. much thinner facade to me, and that is the the people with means can get out of the shitty schools, and the people that don't have means are stuck in the shitty yeah, schools. Yeah, and there's also a religious component to it too, where they're like, well, they can teach the Bible in in, in charter schools, and they can't teach the Bible mm. in public schools. Okay, I didn't catch that part. It seemed more of a oh. My kid can go to any the best charter school mm-hmm. or private school. Well, there's both. I mean, both both factors uh, play themselves in. But yeah, I mean, what you will see and, is, and, is and everyone who doesn't have the means to go to a charter school is going to be in the severely underfunded public school exactly. in Philadelphia. That, that's the that, that's clearly what's going to happen. I mean, we have evidence of that happening constantly. Mm-hmm. So, and and very it it does seem like there is a conservative bias towards right now. I mean, the reason why the, the, the Stephen Colbert thing was funny is because at this point, at this point in the wave that we're on, the conservative bias is towards not looking at data. It's at 
belief without looking at data. It's at it's purely faith based. Now, at some point, that'll swing around. The conservative people will be looking at the information, and and the and the liberals will be purely faith based. That's not the case right now. Um, but you know, look at climate change. Look at you know, all the stuff where the data is overwhelming. Data is overwhelming. Data is overwhelming. They're all like, no, no, it, it's it's fake. It's it's uh, it's being influenced by the by by big uh, big science. Here's a question for yeah. you. It seems like this is my favorite song though. No, oh, I like this song a lot. Um, I fig- I was worried you were going to skip it actually. Cause oh I no, like this is Driving on Night is a great song. So, um, two two things in, in you know public culture that seem to be rapidly changing, right? And that is our views on marijuana and our views on um, gays, uh-huh. sexuality in general. Sexuality in general, yeah, that's a better way to put it. I was trying to figure out a nice, delicate yeah. way to put it, and you came up with a better way. Um, how much of that of of my perception in your perception mm-hmm. is that now that we're nearly 40 time is going like 10 times faster than it used to go you know what i'm saying no like maybe maybe you're not experiencing the same time dilation i, I am not i don't have kids so maybe that's that's the situation no it, people who have kids seem to think time goes faster yeah maybe you to don't, me, 10 years you're... takes 10 years it's... okay you haven't experienced the time dilation yeah oh i'm definitely hitting it like like oh my god it's been a year what the fuck yeah and um must be the kids that's interesting in its own right. Absolutely, I, I, I had assumed that it no, was. No, it's one of those things that I, do, I do encounter with people. Yeah, where where they're like, you know, wow, I have this year passed. I'm like, no, I remember kind of every month being just fucking slog sometimes. <laughs> I figured it was a midlife thing because every day is a smaller and smaller fraction of your total experience. Well, that and you're metering yourself against something that's growing, and so that maybe that's that it. That control. I, so, so my my presumption was that okay, today was a smaller fraction of my total experience mm-hmm. than yesterday. I mean, it was, by yeah. by definition, but... Yeah. And I figured that was the cause of time dilation, but you're, you haven't... No, it's no, interesting I, you're I, not I, I think it's you're comparing yourself against some, you know, kids that are get, that are growing relatively quickly, in, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so you see them at, like, these stages that you recognize, that you can pick out for very small periods of yeah. time. And, and maybe, that's what you measure. Maybe because when I remember that stage, it was a long-ass time to yeah. the next stage. Yeah. And then, it, you know, in reality, it's only three weeks. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's absolutely true. I, I, I think that, in my experience, people who have kids seem to think time lasts... You know, time goes a lot quicker than people who don't. Or at least me. Mm-hmm. At least me. I I see time as going pretty much the same speed as always. <laughs> That's interesting. I'll have to think about who I've talked about. I've had several conversations. Like, I can't walk and wait for the summer to be over. It seems like it's been lasting forever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're definitely not experiencing time dilation because it seems yeah. like it, it just snowed. <laughs> no. It was, it was like seven months ago when it last snowed. Are you kidding me? Jesus! Every day it's like hot, humid, and I hate it. I should move to Canada. I should move to Seattle. Is where I should move. To. Exactly. There you go. In- interesting. I'm gonna have to look at that. I'm gonna have to see if I have any single people. My brother would be. I can't ask my brother. He doesn't. 
he's yeah 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 that's yeah. that's that's an interesting theory i'm gonna have to add that to my uh to your repertoire repertoire of consideration <laughs> well okay I, I need to pee but we need to talk about mr robot okay so all right um what are we listening to this is uh doolittle from the pixies oh okay so we got doolittle from the pixies on yes i thank you that was the album so holy okay so this thing happened in france and it when i came home from work it sounded like you know some old guy couldn't drive a truck but now they're calling it a truck attack and 80 people were killed and 50 more were hurt a truck filled with grenades and weapons plowed through a crowd. Okay, not not an old guy who can't control a truck. That's insanity. Alright, next news story. Something a little happier. Trump postpones naming a running mate. Okay, let's get out of the politics. Let's get down to the good stuff. Why is my news app not working? There we go. What's that? Switch Oh, okay. Before that was uh, the Breeders' Last Splash. Right. That whole album was Last Splash. All this coming from Amazon Music, which is the oh, only. I didn't know Driving All Night was. This. Driving on nine. Bre- on oh, that was on. It's a breeder song. I, it's not. I think it's not a breeder song. I think they covered okay. it. Okay. But I like the breeder's version. It's. I know it's on the Juno soundtrack, and like a younger girl sings it or something. But. Um, so did you hear about this thing in France earlier today? Like a truck ran through a bunch of people. Yes, I I, I saw a, a brief report about that. So it sounded like at first it sounded like maybe like an old guy couldn't drive a truck. Eighty people dead from a truck. Yeah, that's some Grand Theft Auto mastery right there, man. I don't see driving on nine on the Juno soundtrack. Oh. Okay, maybe I'm confused. You know, I did have some beers. Yeah. 80, how do you kill 80 people with a truck? And 50 more hurt? Well, they're all, they're, it was, they were all celebrating Bastille Day, right? So it'd, it'd be sort of like if, imagine if a truck barreled through when we were there in the Penguins uh, parade. Then he'd kill 80 people with a truck pretty easy. Yeah. Killing 80 and hurting 50 more. But I'm just, well, yeah, I mean, it's not a good thing to happen, but you No, know, you I can, mean, that's, that's like the opposite of, like, Oh, a massacre is 12 people? You know, remember we had the conversation where I was surprised that, like, the Valentine's Day massacre was, like, 8 or 12 people? Right. Why do we call them massacre? Oh, we had, oh, we already had that conversation. You know, why don't they call them massacres anymore? I think it would be more impactful than a mass shooting. (laughs) Speaking of which, there's a website. How many days since the last mass shooting.com? It keeps a nice track of the United States. We were up to 26 days before the uh, the Denver or the uh, Dallas smash shooting. 
What do you got? We're going to talk about Mr. Robot. Okay. What did you think of Mr. Ro- Robot? Mr. Robot. I uh, I liked the first half of the show. I I think it had a better director or DP or something. I thought it was same director. Better. Sam Esmail is directing all the episodes. Both of them? Oh, really? All the episodes this season he's directing. I thought the, the second, writer the writer is directing all the episodes. I thought the second episode lagged, lulled. I didn't think they had the same framing on the shots. I didn't think that it. I mean, so the setup with Elliot or uh, not Elliot. Um, Gideon, uh-huh. you know, up until the you know the the end there, yeah, you know, it was a long setup. I appreciate that, but like the rest of it was like a setup for for nothing. Well, let me. I, I think that. Um, oh shoot, Craig, Craig Robinson, Craig, Craig Robinson. Robinson. I think he's probably FBI or something. Let me throw this theory out there. Cause the theory that I read, because um, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the first hour was released on the on. Online. Snapchat or something, right? It was uh, I, I got it somehow. Uh, it was released online like uh, a couple days before, so I watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched the second half yesterday, and uh, a interesting theory came around. I mean, there, there's a couple theories. One of them is that Elliot is Tyrone Wellick, which doesn't. I mean, you can see ways in which it could work, but also there are ways in which it doesn't. Right, but. He can't be everyone. Yeah, but here's the one that I read that made sense. Elliot is currently either in prison or a mental institution. He has a regimented schedule. Right. There's somebody telling him to wake up and telling he sees it as his mother, but he's telling him to wake up and telling right. him to go to bed. He he always has lunch with the same people. The lunch is in this interesting sort of cafeteria place. Yeah, he has this regiment. Oh, same guy at lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Right. Um, he, basketball, basketball, uh, the church group thing. Um, the uh, it makes sense. What when he met with Gideon. They were separated, and when he started to leave, Gideon couldn't come towards him or anything. And, and his mom was like, what's going on? Yeah. that I think it all fits. Mm-hmm. Um, I... And he talks about how reality, you know, his reality is different. Like, Mr. Mr. Robot yeah. is saying that my, this reality is an illusion. And his delusion in the show is so deep. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to. Well, to me, I mean, I, I've, I've said this before, but I, I think that to me, while the the financial aspect and and the revolution aspect are all nice structure to build the show on, mm-hmm. to me, the show is about mental illness. Uh, you know, it's about Elliot and his mental illness, and so to this would really like keep that going by just having his. That having layers one, of his mental Okay, so speech. here's the one thing I was trying to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. There was the shot where um, Gideon was in the FBI office being interrogated. Right. And Elliot was narrating it. Right. And, I don't know, that that third-person omniscience well, but you, seemed out of you place. You also have to understand that, you know, you approach it as, as Elliot is an unreliable narrator. I mean, we know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I was surprised that he was narrating that scene. And it made me wonder, like but, so you're, the, the voice well, of the show, right? A right, but bit. you're you're taking it as an omniscient narrator as opposed to a 
uh, story he's a displaced, telling yeah, a displaced narrator who's not aware of what's actually going on. I mean, every, right. keep That's in what mind, he thinks is going on. I mean, keep in mind, we already see some of that because every time that Elliot's in the room, we hear Evil Corp. Every time that Elliot's not in the room, we hear E Corp. It, it's one of those mm-hmm. you know subtle things, but it's there. It, it's the reality is being bended whenever Elliot is there, right? And also, I mean, like Elliot talks to quote unquote us, but is he? A is Elliot just a projection of some other personality, right? I mean, I, I think the interesting way to go, <laughs> I, I I think it'd be a very interesting way to go is is to have it because there's been shows about people with you know it shows and media about people with dissociative personality disorder, but if the main character was not actually the main like not actually the main personality, but uh, one of the many personalities of some other main character oh. that'd be an interesting way to take it we've talked about that before yeah. I always, I'm always looking rooting for this huge sea change Yeah, like killing off Elliot in the first episode type thing which didn't happen but right. I thought it had right uh, but I I don't think you know, I, I was appreciative of the fact that I don't think Mr. Robot dumbed itself down any which is what I was afraid of because a lot of these first season shows they get good and then you know yeah. they... I mean they didn't dumb down the visual cues uh-huh. I mean like the tech the bitcoin everywhere like the bitcoin food truck in the second right. in, after the intermission I mean people were thinking it's just a food truck but it was a bitcoin mobile bank that had popped up because the economic system had busted down you not I, I bet you most people didn't pick up on that. Well, know? no, that, that, that's one yeah. of those things that they're they're leaving out there for the people who like you were yeah. interested in the tech. But there's more to the well, show. I mean, the than Bitcoin's the tech. not really the uh, maybe it is, but I mean, Bitcoin is it wasn't. No the, one knows about it was, Bitcoin. Okay, but it wasn't the terminal screens that I you know that I was also very interested in checking out. You know? I mean the. The the point is more that like when, like when Darlene was loading that memory stick with crypto wall, you know, <laughs> like okay, I recognize a lot yeah. of that shit. Well, know? yeah, they're not doing they're not doing cheesy graphic mm-hmm. things, and they're doing relatively realistic things, relatively realistic things of what could occur in 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 this sort of situation. Yeah. So, like the thing that was not realistic in the opening scene when when um, Elliot was uh, encrypting. That honey, the thirty, you know, the machine uh-huh. of Evil Corp, right? It's like encrypting bin, encrypting, you know, the different directories. Right. It, to me, it didn't make sense. Like, you don't encrypt directories; you encrypt files. So, it didn't make sense that he was reporting the directories that were encrypted in the output of the script. Well, I you mean, this, the script could just be outputting, saying, "I'm encrypting everything in here. I'm encrypting everything." Uh, yeah, sure, that's. Yeah. Not necessarily what Elliot would have written, you know. Like, like I caught. Well, I don't know what Elliot would have written, so I, I because don't know. you don't encrypt directories. I understand what you're saying, is that something? But it wouldn't have. The way it was written was more for the viewer, right? right? But it, well, it was it was for the it was for the viewer enough, but it, it didn't because it would have been like encrypting blah, 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 and it would have been blah, 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 and it would have just been a screen of scrolling stuff, and then. Right. So the um, the episode that that you watched that was. Online, Snapchat, or whatever. Yeah. Was it uncensored? Did, did yeah. the Fox make it through? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just read something for somebody who is, uh, who's our editor on the show. So they, they're allowed two fucks an episode now oh. on, on USA. Okay. It's after 10. So 
advertisers don't really care, and the FCC can't touch cable anyway. Uh, and uh, so yeah, they're allowed two fucks an episode. And I mean, the one that I got was, I think, from the Canadian. It was like uh, show. Show uh, what was it? it? Wasn't Show Time obviously, but it wasn't USA. The badge on the screen right, was yeah, yeah. Showcase, Showcase, Showcase. That's it. Uh, but uh, like, yeah, there was a, the 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 fuck I remember from the, from the most recent episode was Angela telling her get the get the fuck out of my cubicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one in in the previous episode. Yeah, but it's like, oh, okay. Well, they're doing that full time. <laughs> Same box. Yeah. yeah, nice. I was wondering if that was censored on on USA or not. But it sounds like they get to a show. Yeah, so, okay, so where, where do we go from here? What's the next curse word? Cunt? Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocks on the motherfucker and tits. Shit, shit is already everywhere. Tits. Piss and tits are everywhere. Uh, cocksucker. Motherfucker. Cocksucker is not very common. Except for... Motherfucker includes fuck, so... Yeah. And, uh... Shit, piss, cunt. Cock cunt. is... Cock shows up, not super common but it shows up but yeah cunt cunt is one that's not uh yeah not readily accepted very well although it's in game of thrones i would yeah be interesting to see like whatever is the network of nypd blue at the time to have someone say you know you're a cunt (laughs) did you ever see the deadwood compilation of all the cocksuckers no i didn't search for it play it hold on a second uh (laughs) So Debo's on HBO, so they don't really follow any of the rules. But, you know, Game of Thrones didn't either. But, uh, you know, they really used a lot of cocksuckers. That was their uh, tour de force. <laughs> so just YouTube uh, Deadwood Cocksucker. Play that shit. It's looking for, where is that pronunciation website? Because I was going to do the cunt one that we love. So cunt. <laughs> Cunt. Cunt. Oh, it was like Angry Valley Girl. Or not Valley Girl, but Angry... I don't know what she was. Cunt. Alright. Deadwood... Cocksucker. You and your partner plan on making Deadwood, Marshal. Do not try for this scaffold! That's a deal, you loudmouth cocksucker. Beholden to no human cocksucker for any of these limber dick cocksuckers. Godless heathen cocksuckers. And fuck us all anyway for the limber dick cocksuckers we are. Heathen cocksuckers. Cocksuckers, cocksuckers. cocksuckers. What's so wrong with cocksuckers? Cocksuckers. Just one of those words. Chip his butt kind cocksucker motherfucker and tits. That limey cocksucker. Cocksucker. Cocksuckers. That cocksucker. Simple tight cocksucker. The union cocksucker. All right, I get it. <laughs> it does remind me of the the uh, the wire fuck scene. Wire fuck scene. You've seen the wire, right? Yeah, I've seen the wire yeah. for sure. She. I see the, the wire. There's there's a scene in, in the beginning of it's in the first season where they're just they're searching around apartment. And the only word they use is fuck. Let's let it happen. Oh, fuck. Motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I remember this. I never noticed that it was the only word used. Yeah, I guess watching it on the radio is not exactly uh, pleasing, it, but the, the cool thing is they're doing things as they're saying it, and you see how the fucks sort of, the fucks change context as they're doing things. Investigation. They're basically doing an investigation. They're saying, wait a minute. These guys missed something. This is being something amazing. They found the recoil of the yeah. bullet hitting the inside of the fridge, bouncing against the wall, would have closed the fridge door. So now they're looking for the bullet casing. They measured back from where the gun was, looking for the ejection. Oh, 
And the super who's with him is just like, okay, these guys are real murder police. <laughs> they did say pow in there. Yeah, they did, well, that was after they were out of the room. Oh, out of the so, room. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't allowed to say something other than fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see what else. Is there anything else? I, I did like, I, I tweeted, did you read this click hole? I, I saw the headline. Yeah. I didn't read the story. Uh, the, the headline from click hole. <laughs> I, I think it's great because if you read it, it's, it's the, If Black Lives Matter isn't a racist hate group, hate group, then can someone please explain to me why I keep insisting they are? And so there's like lines like, I'm sorry if this question offends people, but if this so-called movement isn't an angry, dangerous mob, then why do I keep saying it is? (laughs) I really want to believe in BLM's good intentions, but so far no one has been able to tell me why I repeatedly, vehemently denounce it. (laughs) (sighs) Which is his commentary on... How all lives matter has been co-opted into something racist. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, all lives matter. The whole point behind Black Lives Matter is is all lives matter. Is mm-hmm. is saying all lives matter, black including lives matter black too. people. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that, well, why didn't they just say Black Lives Matter too? It would have cleared up everything because <laughs> it doesn't get the point across very well. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I think it's enough for today. Yeah, that's good. Sounds good to All me. All right. Well, uh, so here's the thing. So um, next week, you'll, we'll be around and be fine. N- normal show. The week after that. No, no. I'm leaving Monday. Okay. When will you, when will you be back? Um, I... Calendar? I'm leaving Monday the 18th. Mm-hmm. And I may be back on the thirtieth. Okay, so there's gonna be there's not gonna be any shows for a while because the 29th I'm leaving, uh, and I will be back. Come on, damn it, this calendar. Uh, I will be back on August seventh uh, at night. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a break. Hope you guys are okay with the break. I think there might be a banked show in there somewhere. Oh, God. How am I going to find that? I have no idea. <laughs> I might find it. I might have it indexed. Yeah. I, I have a banked I, RTF, so I have something. Okay. Yeah. I'll check for it. I, I thought we used the one, but there might be another one that I. So this is going to be the last show for a while. Um, until uh, somewhere around the middle of August. So, uh, have a good time, everybody. Amazon.com slash... Crappyradio.com slash Amazon. That's better, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to contact... uh, uh, If if you got this far in the show, uh, Snowman. Snowman is the code word. Is the code word. Catch you later.